Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast that dissects whole frame Roger Rabbit one minute at a time with special guests Andrew Lindy and Diet Coke. You heard that correctly. This is Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. As always, I am Chris Blair with, as always, Annie McMullen. Hello. And returning again, the stars of the Super Mario Brothers Minute podcasts, we've got Andrew Lindy. Hello. And Diet Coke. Hello. Here's a question we've been asking all the guests, and actually we brought this up last minute. Have you been on the Roger Rabbit ride? And if so, what are your thoughts of it? I, yeah, you go ahead, Diet Coke. Well, I, I have not. I, um, my, it's funny, though, you, my, you mentioned that. I rewatched this movie before doing the podcast just because it was an excuse to watch it. And uh, I watched it with my girlfriend who had never seen the movie before, but who used to work the Roger rabbit ride (laughs) at Disneyland. She worked that ride for a long time, but had just hadn't actually seen the movie. So that was, that was a fun experience, but I I myself have not ridden the ride. I I don't get out to Disneyland too often, despite the fact that I've lived in Anaheim almost my entire life. (laughs) Now I I have to ask, had she ridden the ride? Or just worked it. I, I, I'm gonna, you know, she's downstairs right now, so I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna repeat your question out loud <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Has my girlfriend Casey ridden the Roger Rabbit ride, or did she just work it for a long time? She has ridden. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. It's the only ride she's ever gotten evacuated off. Of. I've had a sudden flash of oh. memory that she told me that. That's always <laughs> a fun experience. Yeah. So she knows that ride inside now. Which is why she kept calling Benny Lenny during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Did what was her uh, opinion of the movie? She thought it was great. How could you, I mean? How could you not? It's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be such an interesting experience to go on a ride based off of it so many times, and then finally see the movie once you're so familiar with the ride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also it's just such a weird like. I would imagine that if you had only ridden the ride, you would get such the wrong impression of the movie. Well, yeah, when we were watching the movie, there were so many moments where she was like, oh, that's why that's in the ride. Oh, that's why that's in the ride. <laughs> This ride makes sense all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, I, I've ridden the ride actually rather recently, um, and they've made a big, kind of a weird change to the ride. Um, they've reframed it as um, Jessica Rabbit is opening a, a PI office and she's going after the weasels. And wait, 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 hold on. You, uh, who, who framed Roger Rabbit? The ride? Yeah. You said they reframed. Who did? That? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they. And I think this is all kind of an excuse to. They put a um, a big yellow trench coat on Jessica Rabbit. Um, I wanted to de-sexify her, <laughs> and I and I I do mean a yellow trench coat. It looks like she stole it from Dick Tracy. Like it is, <laughs> it is crossover. A, yeah, I that would be an interesting crossover. I think I've only seen Dick Tracy once as a child, and I would be fat. I need to watch it again. I'd be fascinated to watch it again. <laughs> it is, you know, it's visually very interesting. So I recall enjoying it because it's just weird <laughs> uh but i'm in retrospect pretty sure it's terrible but i have never revisited the idea 
can't remember. Um, I, I like it a lot. I saw it for the first time recently. I think it's great. Oh, I think it's worth a revisit. You know what? That's good to know because I was, you know, you're scared, right? It's like, um, it's like how you think Applebee's is good when you're a kid and then you don't eat it for 20 years and you go back and you're like, oh no. Uh, so it's good. It's always good to hear that something you liked when you were younger was no. like, you weren't wrong. I will say, keep in mind, I am the host of the Super Mario Brothers minute whose favorite movie is the live action Super Mario Brothers movie. You know what? Yeah, I'm you know. into camp. I'm in, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at camp. I, I like a weird the- movie. I, I am I remember did Dick I think Dick Tracy won an Oscar for uh, makeup or something or may, yeah. at least it was nominated if it didn't win or costumes or something like and that yeah. it had so many stars in it like Al Pacino was in that Dustin mm-hmm. Hoffman was in that um, uh, Warren Beatty Madonna mm-hmm. well Warren Beatty I think he believed he was Dick Tracy because he did <laughs> he did some kind of a special. Uh, interview like 20 years after the movie came out where he was in character as Dick Tracy. Well, you know oh, why wow. he did that, right? I don't know. I, I didn't I, I never did know why. I just personally thought it was... had the rights and he was still holding on to the idea. He wanted to make another Dick Tracy movie oh but he couldn't get the financing but he had to make something or he was going to lose the rights so he just <laughs> did that interview in character as Dick Tracy <laughs> wow. to retain the rights. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of brilliant. A fun fact about Dick Tracy, uh, that was originally slated to be a Disneyland ride as well, Mm -hmm. but I guess it did not perform as well as, uh, the movie did not perform as well as they thought it would, so they scraped that. Um, The movie preceded by a Roger Rabbit short as well. (laughs) Oh, yes. Connections abound. Yeah. Speaking of Roger Rabbit, uh, we are on minute 27 of the movie. Minute 27 begins with Eddie putting his coat onto his unmade bed and ends with a pan across Teddy's desk. And we get that wonderful uh, Sylvester score just over this whole. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah, it's so great. It's so perfect for the mood and Mm. the, the time period and everything that Bob Hoskins does with his face throughout this minute. Mm hmm. Bob Hoskins' face, <laughs> parts of his face are frequent MVPs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as, as, they, as they should be. We had mentioned this last minute, but the parallels between Eddie looking through these and Roger looking through these uh, pictures of, of people meaningful to them that they're sad about are just uh, really great. We have Eddie looking so happy here too. Like Eddie is just loving these pictures. It is a very specific kind of happy that he is uh, giving here. He, it's. Are you familiar with cute aggression? You know about this. With with cute aggression. Cute aggression is like you know how you see a a little baby and you're like, oh, want to eat your feet? And you like clench your fist and you like grind your teeth and you look like kind of mad but happy. Uh, He's giving that. When he's yeah. looking at these yeah. guys. <laughs> is that what Army Hammer was doing when he yeah. said that he wanted to uh, eat his girlfriend? Or was that something different? Definitely yeah, not. That was something different. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it, it is. He is just like, this is a different Eddie. And I feel this seems like that smile was on the previous Eddie, the Eddie who still had an alive brother. Just his, his pure joy. And I think we're about to see the different stages of, of but, Eddie's transformation. We also get to see the good side of his relationship with Dolores here, which is yes, really nice. Yes. Mm. Yeah. When I his, just yeah, love his, the choices. Yeah. His lip quiver 
as he's flipping mm. through the pictures, it turned the the big smile turns right to a like a you know he's on yeah. the verge of tears. Like you can't believe that he's unearthed this yeah. memory. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's he just makes the most incredible choices, right? Because you would. I think read the script and you would say like, okay, you're, you know, you're like listful or you're nostalgic or, you know, or you're, I don't know. And, and the choice to be like, to go to cute aggression, right. To go to like, so happy that you're like jazzed up and then sort of really quickly move to like heartbroken. Um, It's just, it's such a special performance throughout this entire movie with Bob Hoskins that I just don't think you would have, gotten from anybody else yeah and it's such a big shift from one mood to the other too that you could you could easily see a, a lesser actor not being able to pull that off and it just mm-hmm. kind of seeming silly but he just has this confidence about him as a performer and he just makes it work it's it, it'll, it'll it'll tug at your heartstrings it'll get you it's yeah yeah bob hoskins pretty good <laughs> hey okay bob hoskins i still think you know he should he should have won and he should have won an oscar for this but people were yeah. like what is this movie <laughs> oh. <laughs> um i do think also like if you look at the actual photos that he's looking at of dolores and him you see this you you see this eddie right like yes. so the face that he's making yeah. where he's like he's he's giddy mm. you know um he's mirroring what he's seeing in the photographs and it's like, he's remembering this little part of himself that he has killed. Uh, it's, it's a really like poignant little moment. He, he looks very like playful in these, like in one, he's about to pour water on Dolores while she's sleeping, wearing a uh, questionable hat in one of the pictures. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a bit in every photo. Mm-hmm. Once again, seeing he was once more amenable to a, a tune friendly lifestyle. I think we've touched on that a little bit, but you know, we, we know that Eddie has a lot of tuny qualities. His wardrobe speaks to that really a lot. Um, and also like the fact that he just really loves a pun, a tune hating pun. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think to be like armchair psychologist about it, that it, it really is like self hatred right like he hates what he's become he he hates his life and the situation that he's been and you know the the past like tunes remind him of his past not just that they killed his brother but like of who he was and the life he had now the is this i i i can't recall uh but is this the first time we actually see eddie's brother yeah this is the first time so i i i remember looking this up before and this time i really tried to look this the actor who plays his brother is credited as um what eugene gutierrez i believe Mm -hmm. and um this is the only film that he's credited in oh wow and the other odd thing is um usually when an actor is not present like they don't speak or appear in a scene really like he's literally only in these pictures um, they don't get credited, you know, it's like a, it's almost like an uncredited role. Uh, and yet here he is credited and it's the only film that he's credited for. And I couldn't, because the last name Gutierrez is a bit uh, common, it's, it's hard to look up, you know, Eugene Gutierrez and get a lot of good information. So I always wondered if he was like a friend of someone on set or, um, you know, sometimes you hear that the people in the pictures are the crew from the background, but it seems that he was an actor who was only in this. 
Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. I wonder if we could ask Gary. I wonder if mm. he would know. Bob Hoskins has a very sudden change. It doesn't seem like, at least from the looks of it, he, he looks pretty much the same age as he does now. Did he not remember that his brother was on the trip there? Because he seems completely unprepared for this. Maybe he just didn't remember that he took pictures with him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he was just so caught in the moment. Yeah. I think, I think he, that's the reason the film hadn't been developed. Yeah. Is it was too, it was just a painful memory for him. And that's maybe oh, what he associates a little bit with Dolores. But Dolores had the camera. So it was, I mean, she was the one who didn't develop it. Well, it wasn't finished. The that's role true. wasn't finished. Yeah. Maybe that's why the, why the role wasn't finished. Yeah, she oh, couldn't okay. just like take a couple snapshots of like things around the bar or something and then develop it. <laughs> just eggs, just hard boiled eggs. You know, <laughs> times were tough. The film was expensive. You didn't want to wait. You didn't want to waste that kind of thing. Yeah, you never knew when Eddie was going to have a snoop job. Yeah, <laughs> or when you'd go back to the beach. Well, I mean, I think she was pretty confident. Unfortunately, that she wasn't going to go back to the beach for a while. <laughs> Not with Eddie, at least. Yeah. This one picture of Eddie and his brother, um, I couldn't help be reminded of the Donald and Daffy scene because instead of doing pianos, they seem to be on doing banjos and one of them's wearing a dark outfit and one of them's wearing a light outfit. Well, that even isn't the, the one of the pictures. It's uh, Eddie's like eating a carrot and his brother yeah. is maybe eating something else. Like, it's hard to say, but. Yeah, some sort of small hand fruit. Yeah, it, it it's like hand fruit. Is it a hand fruit as long as it can as long as you can hold it with one hand? I think it's a hand fruit if you can eat it with your hands, like an apple or mm. a banana, but like a mango is not a hand fruit. A pineapple, pineapple is not a hand, is fruit. Not a hand fruit, yeah. Mm. What about an orange? Because you're gonna have to peel the orange, but you're gonna do all of that with your hands. Do hand fruit. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's all, that's borderline. I think maybe mm. it's you know maybe maybe a hand fruit is in the eye of the hand holder. <laughs> <laughs> that is true though that he's eating a carrot in one picture and on another picture he's giving Dolores bunny ears. So there's two very seemingly deliberate rabbit references mm. that Eddie's doing in these pictures. Uh, we do not know what's in that third picture. Eddie turns it over, we see him look at it, but we do not see what's going on in it. But he puts that one down sadly, and um, that, that's it for his picture looking. Yeah. Rip Teddy. Teddy and Eddie Valiant is also a very toony uh, name for the both of them. Right? This is the first <laughs> time I noticed that, that his name was Teddy when it scrolls over and you see his little desk placard and it says Theodore. And I was like, oh no, their names are Teddy and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in the uh, sequel novel, uh, we find out that there's a third brother named Freddy. Makes sense. <laughs> That's classic sequel novel business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a third brother appears. <laughs> My brain is so broken. I went through so many other first letters. I was like, Nettie, Jetty. Like, my dog's name is Freddy. Like, I <laughs> on there. They should, uh, they should have an adventure to find the Yeti. Yeti, Letty. Teddy does have the most stereotypical detective 
ensemble on his desk. Mm-hmm. He's got a magnifying glass, a pipe, and pens. I noticed that he has a pipe and an ashtray, so it seems like he's he's just smoking wherever he can get tobacco. <laughs> That's right. interesting. I there's also is I, I believe it's a, a Betty Boop doll is oh, on the desk. Yes, kind of, I saw maybe, that. Maybe it's a weird doll. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, but maybe that's uh, that's Eddie's connection to Betty Boop. Is that Teddy was r- really into Betty Boop, and Eddie's like, oh, oh wow, you know. I wonder if they dated. <laughs> I did get the idea that they. It seemed to me like they had dated when they talk in the club. I guess get that vibe. <laughs> that that Eddie and Betty dated. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not dated, but maybe fooled around once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> maybe played patty cake one or yeah, two yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very like cartoony pipe, too. Yeah, like, I wonder. Is, perhaps, yeah. Maybe that's from a case or something. Okay. Maybe it's yeah. it's it looks like if if Sherlock Holmes were a cartoon. Yeah. The because so, the, there's also a little notebook that's open, so it's like presumably he was in the middle of something. Yeah, it looks like like it has very deliberately been untouched, but it's also very dusty, and there's like cobwebs on the ashtray. Yeah, there's a dead More fly in the middle of the dust water. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah, gross. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's ever explicitly said in the movie how long it's been since Teddy died. It's it's a bit hard to tell, but. Well, we know um, it was probably on the 13th. Yeah, That's... I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to see if I could see the dates on any of the newspapers. Well, that's the count. There's a there's 13 on a calendar. It looks like it stops my day, but we can't really see the month. Do we have anything else for this particular minute? Um... It's not much of a comment, but I like uh We didn't talk about his little sailor hat in some of the pictures, and I think that little <laughs> sailor hat is real cute. Yeah, that that is an awesome sailor hat. <laughs> Also, the uh, the sunscreen on the noses is a uh, is a good touch. I guess that's what it is. I don't know why it's only on their noses that they left uh, that much. Is it zinc? I've, yeah, I've heard of people putting zinc specifically on their nose. Yeah, really? what for? I don't sunscreen. know. It is. It's physical sunscreen. I oh, but why do they? Why is it a thing to only put the zinc on your nose? I because, only know it from like cartoons. And stuff. Because your nose like sticks out, and so it's in the sun more might poke out the hat the shade line of the hat yeah but like now we use mostly chemical sunscreens that don't they're clear they don't look like that but basically it's like just painting your nose so sun can't get to it so the damaging rays can't get to it so you don't look like a drunk too with a red nose true but it does look better and it does actually it works very well that must be a uh must be a 40s thing i don't see that too too much oh oh uh, uh you don't remember the fluorescent zinc from the 80s and 90s where people would paint their face i like in like neon pink neon green neon blue wow with their jams shorts yeah i don't i I missed this as well i'm sorry (laughs) i i swear I'm, i'm pretty sure uh oh god there's like an iconic image and i i don't think i've ever even seen fast times at Ridgemont High, but I have this image in my brain of Sean Penn with this mm. on his nose. Oh. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of modern sunscreen <laughs> where when I go outside, I just, uh, I've never done the old zinc on the nose. Yeah, I think, I think I always thought when I saw that in old 
movies or shows or whatever that they just didn't rub the sunscreen in all the way. I thought it was some kind of a secret to making it stronger. I thought, oh, you put it on thick. I get it. I knew it was zinc, but I, I never knew why, what the deal was with it being on the nose specifically. I remember, like, I feel like it was a thing in like '90s shows where, it, if like your older relative would do that at the beach, or it'd be like the lifeguard. It's like yeah. that's how you know it's yeah. a lifeguard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uniform. Uh, I just I <laughs> wanted to say. I mean, I think the the layer of dust on Teddy's side of the desk um, is only that thick because, as we see, Eddie just does not keep up with this office at all. I think even <laughs> yeah. if it was like if teddy you know had died uh six months ago it would still look like this because uh you know valiant just does not keep up with cleaning at all he doesn't make his bed he doesn't put his keys anywhere he's got um like takeout boxes all around his his empty bottles uh it's just a it's a mess I yeah. wonder if like he wasn't that way before too, because in those pictures we see like it seems like Teddy is maybe a little bit more of the straight man and Eddie's the goofball. Um, so I just wonder if like maybe maybe Teddy was the responsible one who used to make sure everything was running okay. Right, that bed was made when Teddy was there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they slept in it together, like Willy Wonka style, like like, like the Charlie's family? <laughs> you, Do you mean like head to toe? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully one bet. When Dolores came over, she just, you know, uh, I wonder if Dolores. <laughs> I mean, perhaps neither of them slept in it. And it was just for if you had to like hide someone as part of a case. Like, oh. Goofy probably slept there when they were trying to figure <laughs> out if, if he was a spy. Yeah, I, I, I got, I get the feeling that Eddie used to have his own place, but because he hasn't worked a case in a while, he had to move into the office. He had to make the choice to either lose his house or his office, and he he needed that office to make money. No, so, he needed the office to have the the place, the last place where his brother sat. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, cool. All right, so it's now time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. Of course, I am talking about Friday with Nish. It's Friday with Nish. Ooh, what a dish! Tell your mother. Friday with Nish is where my friend Nish calls in. He's watching the movie for the first time in three-minute segments, and we get to hear what he thinks. Let's give him a call. Hey, Chris. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, So you saw these minutes. What did you think about them? I, um... I just uh, finished uh, watching those. And, okay. Um, uh, I really, um, I enjoyed it. Oh, that's good. I enjoyed it. There's a little bit more uh, emotion. Well, I mean, it's mostly emotion in this these three, three minutes um, with the kind of like the big blowout continuing for uh, Roger, Roger the Rabbit. And then, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he makes a joke. He needed the whiskey. This movie is very pro whiskey. I'm seeing that there's a lot of uh, a lot of people enjoying and people alike enjoying whiskey. Yeah, I wonder if there was any uh, big whiskey campaign behind this movie. Yeah, I I wonder what's the yeah. I mean, 
is there a whiskey lobby because there's no we don't hear about a brand so it has to be a industry lobby to kind of do that kind of a influence on a movie uh but this could leave this kind of movie could leave children kind of thinking when i grow up i want to drink whiskey like i would i would want to <laughs> the child in me would want to go one day and have a rough day and have a sip of whiskey and say well i really needed that is what roger goes through when he drinks that whiskey not put you off of it i mean it's kind of fun like it's it's very cartoonish kids love that kind of stuff like shakiness uh, and it's heightened because it's it's a tune tune <laughs> doing it right like if you saw like a piece of candy that would do that to you that would that would probably make you want the candy more yeah i mean and i think a lot of candy advertising is like that where you know you take a sip or like a uh, a cola or something you take a sip and something fun happens to your body um you know that's yeah. a that's a tactic that has been used before so i think this is movie is going to i guess the movie has been out for so long i guess uh, some alcoholic alcoholism could be attributed to it <laughs> i can i can definitely see this and i mean it was in the 80s where drinking and smoking in kids programming was oh, way yeah. more acceptable i forget about i mean there's a lot of smoking happening in this movie as well mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that just the whiskey stands out to me so we have a couple moments we have a couple moments of of people sadly looking at pictures we have roger sadly looking at pictures of jessica did this change your thoughts at all yeah in his wallet like he opens up the wallet looks at the pictures yeah um i mean he's devastated um uh, and that just was started the you know in the previous minutes um I think it all makes sense. Like this reaction to Eddie was kind of just like, you know, continuation of it, right? Like he's just upset. Um and then he moves to the next stage of being really really sad. Um and yeah. I I don't think it changed anything for me for uh for Roger like, you know, I kind of like had a I already had the thought that Roger is is a is our right guy like you know mm-hmm. he's not the bad guy so he's not I'm not turning more uh, more sympathetic towards him like it's just I already knew that he's not necessarily a bad guy mm-hmm. okay so this doesn't incriminate him in any sort of way in your eyes oh could there be more to that lashing out than and so I think I guess like maybe it could come as an evidence when he's getting framed mm-hmm. that he he was aggressive i think that could be but i still feel like the framing is then the framing means if that is true that means the framing is being done for the end of life for a human which we had already established because he's going to be framed just like a tune was suggested to have killed eddie's brother Mm-hmm. uh and that's how everything gets resolved because eddie's brother is not he's going to have to let it's not been killed by two i stand by it boldly <laughs> <laughs> stated by this producer this is like classic plot line you know <laughs> speaking of eddie's brother what did you think about this moment of eddie looking through these pictures and uh seeing pictures of his brother yeah i always was it's the call back to the um, 
do the camera, taking the camera from the bar mm-hmm. uh, and why she's uh, kind of like the vacation they took together. Uh, and so it kind of suggests that maybe the brother did not die too long ago mm-hmm. just from the timeline because the camera was at the bar, the reel has not been changed. Uh, you know, the vacation was recent. And so, um, yeah, I think it's it's still so recent that his brother's killer is probably out there mm-hmm. and who framed the tune and is going to frame another tune. Everything gets resolved. <laughs> <laughs> So do you, do you have any changed thoughts on the, the major questions, essentially what Roger's going to be framed for? Who killing, Roger killing a human, mm-hmm. frame, getting framed for killing a human. Uh, the reason for framing is uh, still financial. I think the reason for the killing is going to be financially motivated. Framing is just a pattern of mm-hmm. this person to frame tunes for killing humans. Um, Who do you think is going to be killed? I think it's, oh, I mean, it's going to be crazy if Eddie is killed. Mm. I, I don't think he should because you need some time in the movie to resolve everything. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be right. on screen. Um, well, the Jessica Rabbit's lover seems pretty classic, you know? Mm-hmm. Classic choice right there, yeah. uh, because that's the commitment that he has. Like you know, he wants to get back with her, and uh, he yeah. wants to. That's the easiest way. And that guy has money. That guy's involved in money. We know that. Yeah, I mean, he owns Toontown, and Roger is crying right outside of where he works at Acme Studios. So. Uh... Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, that's let's just keep it simple. That's he's the one who goes. Roger is praying for it, but who did it? Right. Could it be the producer? But then why would the producer kill Eddie's brother in the first place? If, yeah, yeah. If you're sticking by the the same person who did both. (laughs) It would be nice. Otherwise, we have to look for two people. (laughs) All right. Any any last thoughts on these particular minutes, Mish? Um, I thought Eddie's apartment looked pretty solid. (laughs) I think that apartment is... For a guy who's struggling with so much money, uh, money problems, like, you know, uh, that's a well-set-up apartment. It looks pretty cool. I mean, but his, like, bed is completely unmade. His floor is well, a that's mess. that's a maintenance thing, you know, but it looks cool. If you, I think if he walked in with a girl into that apartment, I think, I don't think there's a problem. It looks <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us for these minutes, Nish. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the next minutes. I'm very excited to watch the next uh, three minutes. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, great. Talk to you soon. Uh, all right, Annie, who's your MVP? Um, so I could be proved wrong later, but I, I'm pretty sure that this is this is the most like um, emotional scene for Eddie or at least like the most sort of like nuanced emotional scene for Eddie so my MVP is it's just going to be Bob Hoskins Mm -hmm. this time Um, 
We've already done Bob Hoskins' mouth. We've already done a lot of other things. His clothes, his hat, his whatever. Uh, but you know what? He This is just really incredible work by him. And in just a really short amount of time, he lays so much groundwork for the emotional story. So I got to just, you know, give him the credit he deserves on this one. Mm. My MVP is going to be Eugene Gutierrez. Um, <laughs> Because without him, I don't know if Bob Hoskins would have been able to do that acting job. Fair. I just, I also want to know, like, that's the real mystery. Like, who, where, what? (laughs) Eugene, reach out. Who are you? (laughs) Actually, I just looked at the sheet. Yeah. 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 Uh, never mind. Eddie <laughs> retracted. <laughs> uh, the the and the the weird thing when I was reading into it was that I I thought I read that this was filmed uh, overseas, like it wasn't, you know, it was filmed or some of it was filmed uh, in you know uh, Britain or whatever. And and uh, but then I have to wonder if Eugene he was never on set; he was only in the pictures because even the picture, uh, some of the pictures of. Eddie and Teddy together look a little, you know, cropped. Like they look a little bit like put together. Like they're they weren't actually in a picture together. Like they didn't. Bob Hoskins might have never met this man. Do we know if there are any deleted scenes that might have had him in it? And maybe that's why he gets a credit. I was thinking that too. There's no scenes in the screenplay where where Teddy has any other parts. Uh, the part where he's talking about. His brother is very different from um, from the movie, but um, okay. well, we know we know nothing else. Then we have no additional information <laughs> about this mystery. Of, yeah. <laughs> That's I, the, the most fascinating line. thing is that the mystery of Eddie's brother isn't that who killed him; it's who is he. <laughs> <laughs> Diet Coke and Andrew, do you have anything you would like to plug? Oh my goodness! Well, uh, I, I do several other. Uh, podcast, one called uh, Nothing New, a remake podcast. You can find that at the on the Bendview Network, bendviewnetwork.com slash nothing new, uh, as well as it's on my list. Uh, they're both monthly shows, uh, good fun talking about uh, different kinds of movies. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll say uh, the, you know, the Super Mario Brothers Minute, the whole thing is done. The backlog is there. Um, and and perhaps a season two is on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you can check. Uh, I have some other podcasts. You can check out the 10 and 10 and 10, which is another, which is another one Andrew and I did together. We just wrapped on it. Mm-hmm. Kind of a limited series, 10 episodes about David Wade's The 10. Each episode exactly 10 minutes long. You can check that out on the Noise Space Network, which is noisebase.xyz. I also do uh, Diet Coke and Lilith's House of Snacks, which is on the um, XYZ uh, network. Although I've been I've been reprimanded, I should say the XYZ network because the Canadians started it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's a show where I review snack foods with my uh, friend Lilith. So check both those out. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm glad you're able to talk about Bob Hoskins minute by minute again. This is uh, this that has been the true joy of this appearance. <laughs> I thank you so much for having us talking about Bob Hoskins in a kind of a silly world uh, and with an Alan Silvestri score. It's it's like uh, it's like the glory days are back again. Where <laughs> we're talking about the good stuff. If you haven't checked out the Super Mario Brothers Minute podcast yet, go check that one out. Thank you so much for listening. 
We are a Dueling Genre podcast. You can check out all their podcasts on DuelingGenre.com, including many more Movies by Minutes podcasts. And we will be back on Monday for Minute 28 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit.